Welcome to episode one of Dom Day Tales, the official podcast of Dom Day. It's me, Justin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Babe, Donnie, and Cote, and our executive producer, Dizzy. I have to say, when Dizzy reached out with us with this idea, I was honored to be a part of this five-man team that, if you look across the room, uh, not only are there four first basemen on the line, but there are 22 Dom Day championship titles, three silver bricks, four worst coach awards, two Eddie Milton's, one Mup Cup, and uh, Dizzy Patterson. So I want to start off by welcome everybody to the show. Uh, over the next few episodes, we're going to take a look at Dom Day stories from the past, the stories we've heard bits and pieces of from countless times at Case Field, but frankly don't know where the heck they originated from and who was actually there. The stories that got us here 43 years later. Today's episode will focus on the origins of Dom Day, and no better way to kick it off than to ask the question, Babe, the 1970s, what did Rexdale look like back then? Rexdale was a little different than what it looks like now. Um, you know, there a lot of new buildings going up. Uh, back in the day, the big spots were McDonald's. Uh, you know, we had Dominion, we had AMP, where Coombs worked. Uh, so there was a lot of different things. Uh, you know, Rexdale Plaza was a big spot. You, you think of how much growth there's been, you know, through up through even the schools. You know, there was TCI, there was West Humber, there was Naki. And then in the 70s, mid-70s, uh, Keeler Mackay came aboard. But then it faded away and uh, uh, a Catholic school bought that. And then uh, Henry Carr started up and they built a new facility up by Naki up in the north part of Rexdale. So it started to grow. Uh, lots of things were happening. It was a fun, fun place to be. I mean, there was always some, you know, tougher areas, Bergamont and, and Jamestown, where we tried to avoid. But uh, there was a lot of families, a lot of young people, a lot of, you know, obviously kids our age, you know, from that really that, you know, in the mid 70s, mid to late 70s, so that 15 to 23 age. And it was really neat. We had lots of fun. Uh, lacrosse was big. You know, going to a Warriors game was a big thing. Pine Point Arena was, you know, just a, a brilliant spot. You either worked at, you know, for part-time work at Sears, at uh, Photo Engravers. They had Labatt's and then Ponderosa Steakhouse. You know, we used to think that was great, the Ponderosa Steakhouse. I mean, I don't even know if it's still around. Donnie, you could probably talk on that. But there were so many things, you know. And then in 77, the Blue Jays started. That was their first year. And I remember their first game, a bunch of us went down. It was snowing. They had to bring the Zamboni out. Doug Alt pounded two home runs that day. And, uh, you know, the town all of a sudden embraced baseball. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that, that helped lead, you know, or led to Dom Day was that. Uh, there was lots of neat things. So rock and roll, disco. You know, I mean, it was combined, you know, at the same time, rock and roll, you saw those rock and roll people, but disco was happening. So you had a lot, bunch of people in the disco, uh, you know, you think about paradise by the dashboard lights by meatball um, or meatloaf, sorry, not meatball, meatloaf, man, oh man, getting old. Uh, but I remember, remember Donnie had, had the album and anytime we had a party at his place, uh, which had a pool in the back, he'd bring out his little, uh, you know, um, eight track. No, it was record player. Boombox. Oh, it was record yeah. player. Yeah. The record player and put it on. And, and you got to remember, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have internet. You know, if you want to connect with somebody, you had to phone them. And, and everybody's place had one phone, like one landline. And so you had, you know, depending on how many people were in your family, that's how many people were using that phone. So if you got on your phone and you're able to phone a bunch of guys, if you wanted to get together, a lot of times you couldn't get a hold of people. So, 
you know, typically what you do is you phone one guy, tell him to phone another, you try and phone another and get the, you know, the, the moccasin telegraph going and people would phone around and you'd say, we're going to meet here. And if you couldn't, you know, if you couldn't be there, you'd end up driving around looking for people. And, you know, we'd go to Mr. Donut, see if people were there. You'd be traveling around to guys' houses and seeing if you could recognize any of the cars. And, and typically, you know, back in the day, you know, the family vehicles you'd recognize because not many of the guys had their own. But when they started to get their own, you knew exactly who was at, you know, whoever's place. And, you know, so those were some really neat things. It was a, it was a, it was a great area to be, you know, Parisi's Pizza, Big Al, you know, would pick up the phone. And he wouldn't even say anything. He'd just pick up the phone and go, hi. And they'd go, Big Al will get a, you know, a, a double with cheese over to your place, you know, with pepperoni and bacon and whatever else he had. But they'd send it over to his place and, you know, he'd hang up the phone and that was it. Um, you know, the colors at uh, the Niskanen's on Christmas Eve. And, you know, we didn't go out to the bars as much, but if, if it was a big night in the summer, you'd head down to Ontario Place. And there's lots of great stories about Ontario Place that, uh, you know, there are so many neat things. And, you know, back in the day, you know, we were talking about beer and you, you didn't have the selection of beer you have now, but when Verdor came out, it was a, a heavier beer from Quebec and you used to only be able to get it in Quebec. And so when guys would go down to Quebec or, you know, Montreal, uh, they'd always stock up and bring some back uh, thinking of the quartz, you know, they had the big 22 ounce bottles. You get those at the bar. Uh, so there was, there's lots of neat things. The men's room was uh, just a staple amongst this group. And, you know, for those listening, the men's room was just a, a bar where the guys were and they had cheap drinks. It was, you know, I think probably started off at 20 cents a draft and probably, you know, went its way up to 25 cents by the time it, uh, the time we were done there. But Ernie used to be this old bartender and he'd bring a, you know, we you know we say Ernie drop a tray and he'd bring you 20 beer. It was five bucks. And, you know, if you gave him like, you know, $5 and 25 cents, you know, Ernie would give you the wink and, you know, he'd ask for ID every once in a while. And, and the guys we'd shuffle the ID around because guys weren't a <laughs> And it was just fun. And it was, you know, it was great times. It was very simple times. I remember they introduced ride, reduce impaired driving at Etobicoke. And we were really the first borough to get it. And, it, you know, it brought some, you know, sobering thoughts when, you know, you've had a few. And there was times when probably, you know, guys shouldn't have been driving. They were. And, you know, you think of the number of dom dares who ended up getting tagged with maybe some, you know, over the limit uh, situations. Minor violations. Minor, babe. minor violations. Yeah. Well, we'd walk home from there too, babe. Like yeah. walk home from this guy. And I remember the night we, Paul Compton, one of the barhead boys, walked in after we'd been at the skyline all night and tried to to uh, trade a dead bird that he'd found on the street for a hamburger. <laughs> Where, was was close Where was that? Where was that? At McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Paul Compton walked in with a dead bird and like using the Monty <laughs> Python takeoff, tried to trade put the bird down and said, I'll trade you this for a burger. We, we all of us were three sheets of the wind. It was classic. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> he, he, he was a legend in himself. So, but you're talking about the skyline, babe, like rest, rest his soul. But uh, Brent Ellis's brother, Rocky, I remember one of the last times, like, like there's a big, huge platform over top of the washroom and all of a sudden Rocky's up there. The guy went up there. That was, that was a ticket to throw shit at him. Guys are wheeling beer cans, eggs, everything. Just like Rocky, you, you, you brought this on yourself. It was beautiful. So the men's skyline, my understanding, is a very important place as it kind of relates to the history of Dom Day. And we'll get to that in a second. 
but I think one of the things that I found most interesting guys, when we were talking is how dumb day started. Um, and it wasn't, you know, a formal tournament or any of that sort of stuff, but it just sounded like a group of guys showing up at a field, uh, to play baseball. Um, so, so Donnie, I don't know, uh, if you could kind of give us some context, kind of a, the origin of these yeah. pickup games and what they were like. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, and I, I can't even remember the more I thought about it, the more I'm thinking maybe, maybe we started back in like 1976, babe, or 77. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and we used to, what we used to do was we, for whatever reason, uh, in the summertime on some of the nights we would play, uh, pick up ball at, at what is now known as case field. It wasn't called case field at the time. It was Rexdale public school to all of us. So we sort of got in the habit of playing there and we, a bunch of us were playing lacrosse at the time um, with the warriors out of pine point. So I, I don't even know how many nights a week we did, but I think we had a couple of set, set nights where we weren't, we weren't playing, we weren't practicing. So maybe Tuesday, Thursday, whatever it was, you knew there was going to be going to be a pickup ball game. And so initially it started with that, the, the Rexdale warrior core, you know, so you had, you know, he had Schwepsy, you had case, you had babe, you had, you know, me, you had my brother, um, Lil, Lil, yeah. Um, Ronnie Rothfuchs, you know, you had, uh, um, even like Rudy, Rudy was there yeah. in the early days, yeah. you know? And, and so oh, Jim Jim heard him. Yeah. who came down, he lived with Schwepsy over the summer, yeah. uh, and he played for the Warriors, but it was just, it was just a fun thing to do a, t- a time occupier. So, you know, everybody, you know, like I always had my ball glove in my car. So in the back of the green beret, I had the, the, my ball glove and I had a bat and a ball. And I think a lot of the guys were like that as well. And we, I remember six o'clock, it was like six o'clock we were going to play. And so we would just meet at the field. We'd pick sides and we'd play until it was dusk. Right. And then uh, after that, we, a lot of times we just started to do some fun things and just off the cuff, nothing planned. And, and, you know, one thing led to another you know, and, uh, and the strange thing is I think back at, it, um, and this will be hard for some of the listeners to understand, but a lot of it didn't involve alcohol. I mean, it really didn't. It just was just, you know, we just were having fun and, uh, you know, probably as we, as we aged a little through the, through the 18, 19, 20 years, maybe it got did thirstier, a, got thirstier. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so why? Cote, were you leading that charge? <laughs> no, I was a follower. I was a follower, yeah. but Donnie, as, as you said, there wasn't, in fact, we'd always, a lot of the times after playing, go end up over at Mickey D's to, to yeah. decide what we were going to do from there. Guys were a little hungry after playing ball and we'd go to McDonald's and then figure out what yeah. the weekend was going to bring. And then the another food. Rexdale legend worked at McDonald's, Ronnie McSpatrick. Yeah. Yeah. So, Ronnie worked at, at McDonald's. A lot of times we'd go over there and, you know, he'd be sliding us, you know, cheeseburgers, you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, and that actually the Warriors, remember they had that little card yeah. when that, when the ball went out of bounds, if you brought it back to Lil in the, in the score yeah. box, he gave you a, a free French fry coupon. Right? I, remember, I remember my dad was in charge of that. Well, was he? At the end of the yeah. season, you know, they had a stack of them. He goes, well, you may as well take them. It was yeah. perfect. I was the last money on text on that one. <laughs> so, so we, so we, we play these pickup games. We'd go over to McDonald's. We do so. And then, and then we'd start to do some stuff that was pretty cool. Right. And uh, so, so, you know, one of my favorites is we, we, uh, there was a bunch of us over there and uh, for whatever reason, we just, uh, Ron Rothfuchs, who was a, a big part of this in the early days. And uh, 
so he had this real cool van you know he was one of the first guys to get the van you know and it was all you know it was it was decked out nice interior was finished with shag carpet shag maybe. Car- I, don't know. I don't know what it was but so uh we we said you know and i don't know case was at the at the heart of a lot of these yeah. and so he, he i wouldn't be surprised if he was the one that said you know let's go up we're going up to the albion mall right and so we're, we head up the albion mall and we're and, and uh we got the idea we're going to change the sign for the movie theater that is out on on albion road the big and i don't know if it's still there or not probably not but the, they had a big sign up and they had two theaters i think and they they would put the show you know that was playing up there and so we i i had my my car and i was working for bert in the summers back then so in my car i had some hard hats and some measuring tapes and some you know whatever and then and then we we stopped by and i think we went by i think it was by my house we picked up a extension ladder and we threw it on top of ronnie's uh van right and so then we all got in the back of the van and we drive up the Albion Mall and we're looking up at the at the sign. And what was the movie that was playing, babe, at the time? I can't remember. I don't but think we, I know what we changed it to. So, but yeah, I know. so we, we got the extension ladder down. We fired up the extension ladder. We got out of the van. We got hard hats on. We got, you know, measuring tapes hanging off our buckles and, you know, and we get up there. <laughs> and I don't know, this is probably like maybe 10 o'clock. I don't know, something like that. And we're just moving the letters around, right? On the, on the signboard. And, and then we, so just no planning, no nothing. We just, so we ended up, so it's at the end of it, it said Rag, Raggedy Ann and Andy Anal. And then the bottom line said, eat me Sid. <laughs> so, and Sid, Randy Civic, right? Who again was a huge part of, huge part of everything we did, you know, in the early days. And, uh, and we did this and then, you know, got down the ladder and I think a couple of people came by and they said like, what are you doing? We're, oh, we're just changing the sign, new movie coming tomorrow. You know, and when we packed back in the, in the van, got the, Raggedy oh, Ann. Yeah. yeah, the ladder on top, we left. And then I'll, I'll never forget that, that uh, then we ran into uh, Scott Hardacre, another Rexdale legend. And, and, and Scott was like, he's like, what were you guys up to last night? Was that you? And I'm like, what do you, you know, what do you, he said, well, I drove by this morning and said, Raggedy Ann and Andy ain't all eat me sit. And like, it was, it was like, he knew who it would be. Right. That, you know, so that was the, and that was sort of the fun that we had. It was just all, you know, lots of things like that, that, uh, that went on. And I think that was like 77 and, and probably 78. And then as far as Dom day, so after one of the games at the field, uh, so one of us said, yeah, why don't we do a tournament? I mean, we got enough guys that come out. There were, there was probably, probably 30 plus guys that would come out on a regular basis. Not all the time, but you know, there'd be enough to pick sides and at least we'd play eight on eight versus eight or whatever. But we, we thought we had enough and, and we said, Oh yeah, why don't we have a tournament? And, um, and, uh, uh, Dominion Day was coming up. So we we're trying to figure out when to have it. Well, let's have it on Dominion Day, which was a Saturday, right? It just happened to be a Saturday that year. And so we're like, okay, so we, uh, so we head to my place and uh, we're, we're in the backyard and, uh, you know, mom and dad had a swimming pool and whatever. So we're out there and there's probably eight, nine, 10 guys there, you know? And I think every year we ask who was there, it changes, but but there's a core group of guys and, and we picked the four coaches to start it who were there. Right. And so it was, uh, 
Bobby and Pete, Chuck Galliagra, and myself were going to be the, the four coaches. And so we put Don, Donnie, yeah. before you go on, how were those four coaches decided? What was the logic behind who was the four first coaches? Probably seniority. Fuck. I don't, I think they asked for a dollar from everybody. The McCrays were there and they were out. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? I I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly, I don't have the answer to that other than, uh, you know, just uh, kind of the guys that were organizing a lot of unorganized things at that time, I think, you know, and then uh, Chuck, Chuck was sort of the best ball player. You know, Pete was a, was a ball expert, of course. (laughs) And, and, uh, he didn't and, tell uh, you that, did he? <laughs> no. And uh, so we ended up with the four of us, and we decided we put the draft list together of the guys. And it wasn't like we checked with everybody either. Like, are you going to be available that day? You know, we just threw a list together and of guys that we thought were going to be available, right? And then we just started picking picking names. And, so these uh, these names were, I guess, based off of these original pickup games that you guys have been playing previously uh prior to kind of the inception of dom day and my understanding is that all of these games happened at at case field and i don't know if any of you guys know the answer to this but i my understanding i'd always thought the case field was the official name and on the map of of where we play baseball um but i don't know if that's true or if that's not true uh you know is the name actually case field or did we just come up with that name like what would be the or origin of that oh no we came up with that oh, name yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and it really ahead, came Dave. from you know everybody sort of meeting at our place which was down you know 25 barhead crescent and and the older guys would call it you know the field by casey's place so it really became you know casey's field and then uh through that we ended up saying uh for you know participation in Dombey and for future years you had to bring a case of beer. the rookies All yeah the rookies. rookies had to case bring a case of beer which was a two for a beer and so then it became Case Field and everybody just sort of, that's, that's what it, you called it. And everybody knew, like, you didn't have to say Rexdale Public School or it was on Barhead Crescent. You said Case Field and everybody knew where to go. I, I, I still to this day would have believed that Case Field is the actual name uh, on the map of, of that field. So that no, kind of. No, you fucking dummy. See, yeah, no, these, these millennials. I, I tried yeah. Googling Case Field and I, I couldn't find anything. So I figured I. That wasn't the the real name. The other question I had, guys, is so for me, as somebody who was never there as a kid, I guess in my head, I had always pictured this, you know, uh, big rivalry between TCI and and West Humber um, as if, you know, there was this war of two two high schools and somebody decided that it finally had to be settled, bring your bat and glove and, and winner take all and, you know, the rest have to leave Rexdale. But it sounds like the relationship was a lot more jovial than it was kind of to the in the sense of a, a rivalry. So what what aspect did kind of the TCI versus West Humber rivalry play into that? And maybe Kote, I'll start with you on that. Well, I, I think because a lot of the TCI guys were a little bit younger, um, like more, it would be Babe and Woody and Howie and all that. They were all the TCI guys. And then I think the relationship blended pretty well because everybody kind of knew and followed the lacrosse guys. And so then we all knew each other, right? We'd go to the beer blast at Pine Point and stuff like that. So we'd hang out with the Donnies and the Sids and the Marooks and all those kind of guys. So there was, there was no real rivalry that way, you know, deep down, everybody knew TCI was better. So that would, that wasn't really a huge issue that way. It was pretty straightforward. You'd kick the shit out of those freaking guys in, in, uh, in football every year and stuff like that. 
And uh, so pretty straightforward. You know, there's some things I probably shouldn't say on air here. Um, say might, it. Say might, it. No, you know, but once we'd fight our way across the longest bridge in the world and get over up into that West Humber area, um, you know, we'd uh, go there as a uh, black Scots and uh, kick the tar out of the supposed Vikings. So, but no, again, going back to it though, Justin, it was, um, it was kind of, we were a bit of the younger group really. Um, and uh, because guys like the, the boundaries for the high school changed because Donnie, I think in probably two or three years later, uh, a lot of the guys w- where you lived would have ended up going to TCI and stuff like that. Right. Like right. I think a college right. and those guys, they all ended up my brother, my yeah. brother. Yeah. Your brother. So he ended up at TCI where back in the day when, when, when West Humber was b- just fairly new, you guys all, and that was a long way, right? It was what, probably two miles to West Humber from your house. Well, probably seven. Uphill, all uphill. uphill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and you think of it, you go because I I remember, you know, back it was probably seventy six. Donnie, as I said, seventy six or seventy seven when you guys, you know, when we were playing lacrosse, and you said, "Well, let's get some guys together." And then it was, you know, it was Casey and you were the big drivers behind it. And then you know, Case would say to me, "Well, babe, we need some guys. Go grab some of your buddies." And that's how you know our group sort of got in. And and we were the you know the TCI guys, uh, the majority of us. Uh, so yeah, it, it's interesting that you know in later years, you know, in the hockey, it went TCI West Humber. But truly, in the whole of you know spirit of the event, it was just getting guys together that we could. And in the first years, it was just whoever was around. You know, yeah. especially just playing pickup ball. And, and, and I think like the, like the West Humber TCI rivalry was huge, not necessarily within our group, but outside of our group. Right. So the, like the football games used to be nuts, right? Like, like e- either school was likely to show up at the other school the night before and, you know, grunge their field or, or, you know, steal something from, from uh, from TCI or... and haul it all the way back yeah. up to our cafeteria, you know, and uh, <laughs> so it's stuff. But but inside, what it led to was eventually what Dom Day or one of the one of the biggest uh, features of Dom Day was inside. It led to the start of the so-called ragging, right? So when we were in those early years, I a lot of it was somebody that went to West Humber ragging on a guy that went to TCI. You know, so more, more in that fun Dom day way that as opposed to, you know, just a, just an all out, you know, war. And it's funny. It's funny how the, you know, the baseline, like you go down third baseline, the majority of people there on raggers row are from West Humber. And then the first base, more elegant side, you have the TCI people. It's interesting how it ended up going that way. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and I was thinking when you were talking about Rexdale, babe, like, uh, our Rexdale probably went from like, I'm, I'm thinking from Pine Point, yeah. right. Over to Woodbine from Woodbine up to uh, Tony Haggerty's. Yeah. Right. And from there over to uh, the Dairy Albion Queen. Road, right. Yeah. Dairy, Dairy Queen. Right. Yep. That or was even it, all the way down to the golf course and stuff like that, where the pizza place was the big. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 So that was our Rexdale. And even though, you know, we eventually, like you were saying, babe, we had guys from all of those schools that you mentioned that were, that became a part of the Dom Day, you know, fabric. It was started out with TCI and West Humber, but then, you know, we had Keeler guys, we had Henry Carr guys, you know, we had, we had everybody, 
you know? So, uh, but that was our Rexdale. And, but I think, I think that was the start of what we now know as, as ragging, right. And eventually led to raggers row was we were, we we always, we always were on each other. Right. So the kind of like, you don't, worst, you don't say, yeah, but, but it, it's kind of funny because the guy, what happened was that you could do something fantastic and the guys knew it, but they wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, applaud you on the back or yeah, they would, they would instead attack you. Right. So if, if you, you know, if you, and I, you know, I'm just making up stories here, but if you had a, you know, you had a guy, you know, like a babe that, that scored the winning goal and the, you know, in the Ontario provincial playoffs and whatever. I mean, you know, we, and we knew babe was a hell of a hockey player with that, but we would never say, geez, babe, you're a good hockey player. You know, we'd pick on him about something, maybe a tape hanging out of his ass or, you know, maybe, <laughs> you know, so it was just that it was that thing. They would, everybody would always keep each other honest. I think, you know, that's the beauty of Dom day is that yeah. no matter what you've done in life, everybody's on the same field and the same, you know, level. And that was the fun part of it was, you know, ragging on guys. And you think of the legendary raggers, you know, like bear and uh, Gordy McRae, you know, I, you still sit there and you laugh, you know, and there's, there's new guys that obviously coming up through the chirping school of Gordon McRae, but it is great. It's still fun. But as you said, it, it didn't matter who you were or what you were doing. Uh, There's always somebody willing to throw a comment out. Yeah. yeah I, 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 I can tell you, I have firsthand experience of, standing between Bart Buff and Gord McRae at second base as Gord's on first and Bart's at shortstop as the two are hurling insults at each other over my head last time on the snappers last time we were at Casefield. So I can tell you firsthand, I do know the experience of, uh, of hearing those chirps. The one thing though, that I do find interesting is, you know, as we talk about kind of the rivalry and baby, you, you touched about it um, on, you know, looking at the baseline and for guys like myself and all the young guys, we didn't grow up in this TCI versus West Humber world, but 43 years later, I'm a first base lineman and I could never imagine sitting on third base. Donnie, I, 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 you know, I apologize, but you know, I, I'm sure Dizzy could also attest to it, but you know, it blasphemy if I were to have ever set my chair up over on, on the third baseman line. Uh, so it is funny to say, no, there wasn't a rivalry, but I do think there is a part of it. Uh, you know, where there is definitely still that legacy of where that split began. The question I guess I have is, was there anybody who ever did cross the line? So is there, you know, Eddie if Bichersky. I were to look. Eddie Bichersky. So, yeah. So I was going to ask if any, there's anybody who was a West Humber guy on the first baseline or a TCI on the third baseline. And it's Ed, Eddie Bichersky. He likes the shade. Yeah. But yeah. There, was yeah. one, there was one TCI guy, if you count uh, five credits, uh, as a TCI guy. Oh, Chevy. Chevy? Chevy's biggest, yeah. Chevy went to TCI for five years, but ended up with I think five, maybe ten credits. Uh, but yeah, he was the guy that uh, sat on the West Humber side. Yeah. He went where the beer was free. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So okay, so we've talked kind of a bit about uh, pickup baseball, and and Donnie was telling us about you know this this Sid Eat Me story, and you know we were talking previously about some of you know, the stories that you guys had growing up after these pickup games and, and babe, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, the, there was one story that you had mentioned to me about Woodsy yeah. uh, showing up at Casefield with a hearse. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So Woody worked at New Duck's funeral home and uh, the New Duck, who was the 
who ran the new funeral home and uh, his his brother was our doctor uh, sort of a cradle, cradle to grave opportunity there but woody worked for him and i think uh, old callahan worked there too yeah. uh, another guy that we a friend of ours frank callahan so woody would drive the hearse around and he he'd come by you know if, if we had a game on tuesday or thursday night and he was working he would drive by with a body in and he'd go, Hey guys, you know, I'll be back. I just got to drop, you know, Joe off and I'll, I'll be back in about 10 minutes. <laughs> it was hilarious. Cause you you'd go, you go, there's no way there's a body in there. And so sure enough, everybody would be over there looking and yeah, there was. And, uh, but Woody had his big tie on and he was all dressed up and he'd, you know, he'd be wheeling around and he, it was hilarious. Cause he'd be back in you know 20 minutes and be playing. Well, you talk about that, that Brodeur thing you mentioned earlier, babe, and I'll, I'll just segue into this, Justin. So what happened was the one time Woodsy had to go to Ottawa to pick up a body. The guy had passed away there. They wanted the body back on Kipling at Nuidex. So he, Woodsy's like, Cote, you want to go with me? So it was like your typical silver panel van. So we boogie up on a Saturday, left first thing in the morning, drove, I think, yeah, we drove up to Ottawa first. Woodsy gets their changes into his monkey outfit, uh, goes in, picks the body up. And so he's just on the thing. The body was the guy's name was Al Bell. I'll never forget it. His name was Al Bell. Puts <laughs> him on a gurney in the back. So he's just like a zipper bag and it's fixed into the wall and stuff like that. Now, Woodsy and I head over to Quebec and we picked up four two fours of this Bredor. Guys like Ronnie Burnell and Minnow and all of them had pitched in because they wanted this stronger 8% beer to get that much more mashed up on a Friday night. So we head out of Ottawa and we barely got down to the 401 and I'm like, Woodsy, I'm thirsty. So crack open a case of this Bredore. And probably by the time we got to Belleville, I'm feeling no pain because I'm thirsty as hell going through these things. And I'm one, I had to take a piss about every freaking 40 miles. And I wanted to pull over and pick up a hitchhiker and have the guy in the back sit on the cot and have him put his hand down on this guy, Al Bell's Johnson, and see what happened. But Woodsy didn't think that'd be very professional. So the moral of the story was we got Al back to to, um, to Rexdale. Uh, he dropped Cote off, and I was a flaming mess by the time I got home, and there was a half a dead case of uh, Bredor left over. But uh, it was a lot of fun. So just one of the stories of Nuaducks. That was a pretty good one. But it's yeah. funny that then, then – uh... How many years later, 40 years later, another hearse story, right? Cote. Yeah, I was going to say, Cote showed up in a hearse at a party, didn't he? Right. Yeah, like a similar van. So this would be my sister Judy's son, Bill, worked for a place out by the the old Molson factory. And we were drinking in the driveway after the Saturday. I know Rocky was there. I'm trying to think of who else was there. But Danny. Pardon me? (laughs) Danny. Yeah, Danny Coates. I remember Rocky because he was scared shitless. Probably one of those Norwegian dudes. And he gave us a ride from my sisters over there on, on Cromarty to the Rexdale bowling alley for the, for the Saturday night bowling shit this year, and decided that he was going to play Dale Earnhardt and had the thing sideways and guys are sliding around. And so I was on the gurney for about two seconds because the or gurney was sitting there empty. And that was just like, okay, yeah, that was a great freeway to get to the bowling alley it was in the back of this, uh, funeral vehicle that uh, almost killed all of us i don't think rocky would ever go in a vehicle with that with bill gilmore again in his life <laughs> oh that's that's oh. funny so uh i guess i guess cote that's your official uh ride home from the next uh the next dom day party no they moved my sister oh moved yeah they Allison. moved pain in the yeah, ass i know i have to get a hotel like the rest of you dudes 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, okay, so another another story I have, and I don't really have a lot of details on this one, but I, I have to say I am very intrigued on all hockey on the 409. Donnie, I'll start with you on this one. I, I think you've got this, the goods on this one. Yeah, and, and uh, so the way this thing worked, we used to play, we played a lot of ball hockey, right? So, uh, you never know. Yeah, Patterson's actually had this beauty of a rink in the backyard that uh, Mr. P did uh, every year that was phenomenal, you know, and he had the, the wooden skids up and the netting around and some lights out there. And we'd have tournaments, shit, we'd spend the whole weekend there sometimes. But we had this core group that, again, that was playing ball hockey all the time. And then uh, I, I don't know how we decided to do it, but we, the 409. Case, case, was a, case was a big, he was saying, we should play ball hockey on your know, nice, smooth, nice, smooth concrete part. And then he came up with the 409 because they were just building the 409. Because it, it wasn't was a ghost open. town. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't open and it was perfect. Like uh, the concrete was great. And I, I don't even know if they had it paved yet. I think it was paved. It was but, paved. It was yeah. paved. Yeah. yeah but it, it was, was up like in that Martin sweet. Grove area where there were lights and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. And there was yeah. a wall. So it was like you were playing with boards. Yeah. So we, we, now this, this one, I, I remember we had a couple drinks, just a couple before because we, we met at the skyline men's room, right? So the men's room of the skyline, which is, you know, as a million stories, we met there and, and threw back a, a few quarter drafts and, uh, but we brought nets with us. And I think Ronnie, Ronnie Rafix was there again with the van because we put the nets in the van and we threw our sticks in the car, we, whatever. And then we said, okay, boys, let's go. We're going to the 409. And I forget where we said to meet, but we'll meet uh, wherever it was, uh, just past Martin Grove, I think, yeah. on, the way to the, on the way to the airport, right? Yeah. And uh, so we get there, we pull off on the side of the, of the freaking highway, which I don't think was officially open, but there no. were cars on it, right? Yeah, because so, it, yeah. it was supposed to be closed, but that was the night that they sort of opened it up yeah. and, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Bad time. Bad time. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we fire the nets out there. We pick teams. We're playing ball hockey. As Babe said, great sheet. We got a full, you know, four lane concrete pad, right? We got nets at either end. We got the lights up. We're having a great old time. Oh, yeah. And then every once in a while, a car would come down and we, you know, car, pull the nets off. And, you know, here comes a guy 60 miles an hour. <laughs> it was a little different than a hollow crescent, you know, yeah. so. So, and then all of a sudden we're I'm like, oh shit, you know, here come the cops, you know? So we see that, and they had the yellow cars back then, right? Remember the yellow? Yeah, uh, the Toronto police. Yeah. So, so the, you know, so we go over to the side and they've got, they've got it plowed and there's snow banks on the side, right? So I'm like, guys, just, you know, just start hacking at the snow. So we're all standing on the side of the road facing the snow banks and we've got our sticks and we're like hacking, you know, like those chain gangs, you know, where they, they take the, they take the prisoners out right, and put them on the side of the road. And, or, you know, there's, there's 20 guys there chopping snow. Right. And this cop pulls right up beside us and he goes, you know, he rolls the window down and he goes, what the hell are you guys doing? And we're like, well, you know, this is a great spot for a game. You know, we didn't think there were any cars out here or whatever. And he says, get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I don't I might have been case might have been somebody else goes yeah but we're all tied up can we just play like till you know, the, yeah, the yeah. Next goal wins the guy's like well okay yeah whatever Go. yeah <laughs> oh that oh. was a classic, yeah. that was a classic. 
so so another story that I have. So all these things, I you know, my understanding, not a lot of booze involved prior to Dom Day even began. Um, but the next one is a long acronym. Somebody will need to tell me what it means. Uh, W-T-T-C-D-A. Donnie, you want to go? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's the World Tag Team Car Driving Association. World Tag Team Car Driving Association. Association. Yeah. And proud to be a member too, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and can you can you explain that? I was a winger. Yeah. This this is another <laughs> right. So you know, I I cannot recall how this started. And uh I, I really don't, other than you know what uh it may have been uh Mr. Donut. Yeah, we're at we're at yeah. Mr. Donut, and I remember somebody were eating donuts. Oh, I, I know, and, and yeah, go so you go, Donnie. Yeah, so yeah, we were there, and then uh, we went from Mr. Donut to uh, Chubby's one night. It was after lacrosse practice, yeah. right? And and Schwepsy and I were there. I think you, babe, and mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> somebody else, and so uh, so uh, you know, then somebody <laughs> fired a milkshake from Chubby's <laughs> at my car. Right. And it's all green beret. Right. So whatever we had in our arsenal at the time, another shake or soda or Coke or whatever, just fired it back at, at, uh, and I think Schweppes had the other car. So I think it was me and Schweppes or whatever. And then we spent the rest of the night driving around, picking up shit to throw at each other. And then this dovetailed into a big group because we, you know, you go to lacrosse practice, we be talking about in in the dressing room talking about the stories or whatever. Yeah. I'd like to do that. You know, you guys want, you know, next time you're doing it, whatever. So, so we ended up getting to the point where we would, uh, we would meet at, in the uh, Rivercrest parking lot. Right. So the, the, uh, the public school there. And um, that's where the smart you, kids went. Yeah. 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 I our kids. Did you go there? Go to? Yeah. 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 And uh, so before you went there, you would, you would go to Mr. Donut and load up with, donuts right so and you you know the the whole idea was to you know we eventually found out you want to get the really gooey you know like the blueberries were awesome right and the cherries and whatever so you stay away from the sprinkles because what we were going to do was once we got to rivercrest public school we were going to divvy up into into teams and so you had a car you had a driver and a thrower right so if i was driving the green beret and i had uh, somebody in the passenger seat was my thrower and we had a couple dozen donuts in our car and each car was, was like this. And so on some nights, maybe we had six cars. I remember getting up, we had like 15. Oh yeah. Cars. Oh yeah. It so so, so yeah. did all, all three of you guys were obviously a part of the, uh, the WTTCDA. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So Don, Donnie driver or thrower were you? I was a driver because you know, I had the green beret or okay. my, my babe, car. babe yeah. driver or thrower. I started off as a thrower, but advanced to a driver. Okay. So being I a driver know, was a yeah. promotion over. It was a, a big promotion. Yeah. And if you, okay. if you had a left-handed thrower as a driver, you were brilliant. I wasn't left-handed, but if you could do that, that was the best. Cote, and, were you a driver? Cote, driver no, or thrower? I don't think I, ha- I, I don't know if I had my wheels in or not. No, so I was a righty, so I'd guy. be on the right side of the car where yeah. you also wanted a, a guy as a lefty behind the driver, right? So, you know, we'd recruit old yeah. Callahan, right? Because Frank, sometimes you had more than two guys. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. You could have four yeah. in a car, right? Yeah. 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 So, did you guys have like designated teams that you, 
you know, this was this was my car that I wanted to stick with this car, or did you? It was whoever was available. I was yeah, whoever was available. Did we have yeah. designated areas though, Donnie? Kind yeah. Of? yeah. So it was it was kind of those boundaries that I talked about. Like actually, we 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 started expanding. After, you know, got in the expansion era, but initially yep. we we had it narrowed down to you know it was it was Humber River over to Kipling and Islington, and down to um, Rexdale Boulevard. Right. And, I, was, and I'm assuming the police and event officials were very good at making sure that yeah. everybody stayed in yeah. the designated yeah. area. Right? And we had a permit. And, yeah. Know, <laughs> but we didn't do the booze thing like then. Like guys oh. were responsible. No. Like we weren't into the booze no. then and stuff like that. No. But driving around there like idiots. And, you know, and that's a big area. But to know where guys would go was pretty amazing. And and because guys, you know, are creatures of habit. And, and you knew certain guys wouldn't go into areas where they didn't know. Uh, but they would stay in, you know, this yeah. pocket and, and you'd search for their car. I still remember, Donnie, the best night was when we uh, ambushed Lil. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Lil was, Lil was parked and he had the, remember he had the van? Yeah. And, and, and the we lights got, off. Yeah. And so once you hit a car, then you were, it was tag, obviously. And so then they were with you to get the other cars. And, you know, we had a time period If you, you know, if we said that game was half an hour, and you didn't get tagged in that half an hour, then, you know, you were one of the winners. But I remember a bunch of us got hit, and but we knew where Lil was. And so we all crept up, shut the lights off our car, crept up, and then we had like seven cars. And we blocked the street, and we all got out, and we took our donuts and just pounded his van <laughs> absolutely pelted and we had the you know the blueberry filled one just they were the best winging as hard yeah. as you could and it was like it was like he was in a hailstorm and he i think i forget who he had in there i think double k and uh Shermie cooking a few dubs and they were just <laughs> like oh <laughs> and then they opened then they made the mistake of opening the sliding door and donuts yeah. were still flying away it was brilliant and then, so, Justin, what we would do, too, is that once the kind of thing was over, it usually ended around 11, and everybody would meet at the power wash mm-hmm. on Kipling at, what would that be, Tabor, Racine, one of those things there, to clean off our parents' vehicles, right? Like, I remember Howard always brought Lyle's, that brown, <laughs> brown. big caprice, right? <laughs> and, and Lyle took care of it like like it was mint. And, you know, half the time we'd end up on the TCI track, <laughs> doing a little dirt track and everything, and... And it was classic. And then everybody washed the stuff off, except for guys like Donnie who didn't well, didn't do it before well, he went away to school. No, then there was then there was what came after that was all of a sudden, and who knows how it started, but we we're like, all right, let's get Huffy tonight. Oh, yeah. So after it was over, and after everybody was cleaned up and whatever, there was a group of six or eight or whatever of us went back to the donut shop, loaded up again, and went back to Huffy's place one night. And he lived, lived with his parents, and and uh, and we just totaled his car. So he was in bed. The car was parked in the, in the carport, cleaning <laughs> up and squishing donuts, and you know, just, just do. Oh, it's brutal. You know? and, and Justin, for from a financial <laughs> standpoint, back then, the, this Mister Donut, the one over in the plaza, right by where Babe grew up, they sold day olds in bags. So donuts that were day old, <laughs> they would sell them in a bag, and I think they were a buck. Yeah, ninety nine cents. Yeah, ninety nine cents. So you get ninety nine cents, and you so guys in the car to each pitch in 50 cents and so you'd end up with 24 donuts right and to have to go back and, and get 50 cents out of every guy and go get more but they had those bags of donuts and that's yeah. that's what we lived on it was so great. is this similar or different than gooning 
It's different. It's totally different. Okay. So what is, more what is gooning? Well, we can, I think we, you know, we have one more uh, WTTCD. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. And Donnie, that's a, you know, when, when we first started and we we're in the, we we're playing lacrosse and we we're in the dressing room, we we're talking about you guys are like, yeah, I want to play. I want to play. And I remember Kirk McKenzie, remember big Kirk. He's oh like yeah. Six, six or six, seven. He goes, well, I want convertible. Play. He had his convertible. We go, well, you might not want to play with a convertible. He goes, oh, I want to play. I bet you 30 donuts ended up inside his convertible. <laughs> he was so pissed off. I thought he was going to kill me and somebody else. Uh, but I remember that was the only time he ever. That was right in front of Bruno's place. That was in front of uh, Bruno's place. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Oh, sorry, funny. Justin. Yeah. No, 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 no. So, so good. His sister, his sister was cute. <laughs> yeah. So so the, yeah, so the gooning was, I think, was a spinoff of this, right? So you know, after we got really good at at taking care of guys and and stuff, and um, Bonnie, if I could just jump in, it's yeah, for the millennials, it's like the Bachelor, and then you have a spinoff of the Bachelor. <laughs> oh, it's Paradise Island or whatever. Oh, yes, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that way they can get an idea of you know, fair enough, yeah. <laughs> well, well, for me, WTTCDA is just the original Mario Kart. So I think that's probably the easiest way for me to visualize it. Now this is Bachelor Bachelor in Paradise. So I think I think the millennials are now covered off. So we so, would we we would at some point we got we got in the habit of okay, you know there was a smaller group that got together to maybe play cards or go to a movie or whatever, and then it was like all right, who are we gonna goon tonight? So what gooning was is essentially we, you know, we just went to, again, to Mr. Donut. I mean, we kept that place alive for years with our business, you know, sort of mama Chevy. Yeah. And we would, yeah, we would go and, uh, and pick up donuts and, and start, you know, doing, like I said, about Huffy's car. And so, and then the thing was, you know, after it was done. So after you attacked somebody and gooned their car, you never told them who did it. Right. So, you know, again, a, a lot of us lacrosse guys, we'd be, you know, so the next day we'd have practice or a game and you'd be in the locker room and, and I'd be sitting there, you know, getting dressed and I'd be like trying to hold my laughter in because, <laughs> because somebody was saying how their car got attacked last <laughs> night. It was covered with this and that or whatever. We used to take the cherry donuts and you pull up, pull up the windshield wiper and stick it right up, right on the damn thing. Right. You know, it was just brutal. And uh, so, and then it started to evolve, right? Because I think we got a little, um, you know, a little. Uh, we matured. Just, we matured. Dumber. Yeah. yeah, we matured a bit, and we started to to think of glorifying gooning, right? And so, um, what that would involve would be to not only maybe take the donuts, but also maybe you decorate their the lawn of their house or their driveway with some stuff that we found in Rexdale, right? So. I, you know, I can this remember one of the better stories, Donnie, of all time. You've got to roll with this one. Wh- which one? The, the coach, the coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so case had this car, you know, called the blue bomb, right. Which was what year was it, babe? It was, what, the car? It was like a 68 Ford 500. Yeah. yeah. Galaxy so, 500. No, it wasn't, okay. no, it wasn't a galaxy. It was just a 500. Okay. We so it's out of, it's out of the driveway. Galaxy in the driveway forever. Right. At, at, at the 25 bar head. And, um, you know, case was working on it sometimes. And then were, there was weeds growing out of it other times. And, you know, it was just, it was just sort of there, but then he, he got it going a little bit. And, and, uh, we were like, well, let's take it for a ride. 
right? So, and I don't think we had license plates on it or we, we didn't have current tags on it anyhow. And it, so we, we got, the, we, let's take it around the block. So we took it around Barhead and, you know, it was riding pretty good and whatever. So, you know, at that time, well, let's take it out. Let's go across. So we went across Kipling with it, you know, we're driving around, driving around. And then we drive by um, Sunnydale, right? So somewhere near Sunnydale, there's uh, a guy that's got, you know, he's pitching out his whole furniture set, right? He's got end tables out there. He's got couches. He's got lamps. He's got. For garbage <laughs> to come and grab. Yeah. Yeah. You know, on, on trash night or whatever. So we, we picked up this couch and we put it in the trunk, in the trunk of the, of the galaxy. Right. And we're, we're like, we're going to take it up to Schwepsi's house and just dump it on the front lawn. You know, just, you know, just, just throw the couch to the front lawn. So we, we picked, put the couch in the, in the trunk of the blue bomb. And I swear to God, we didn't have license plates on there or something. It was just, whatever it was, was just dumb because we didn't want to stay on the main road. We oh, kept yeah. all the back roads case it. And uh, so we pull up on uh, what's his street was, was, uh, what was their street where the bullet lived? Donnie, hadn't yeah. you hooked the, hadn't you hooked just the bat, the feet on, on the inside the trunk and just kind of dragged it? Yeah. Well, it's a couch, so you're not going to get it in the whole. Yeah. Trunk. So yeah, you guys so... had just hung the feet over the back, over right. the trunk. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's just sitting there. We don't have any bungee cords or anything. Yeah, and you're else, dragging right? it along the road. Right. And the trunk's flapping up and down, you know, and, uh, and then we pull up on their street and uh, at this point in time, somewhere just before that, the couch had sort of fallen out. So we were almost dragging it up the road, right? We're dragging it up the road. And so by the time we get to Schwepsi's place, and we, you know, this was going to be a quick, quick hit, right? Like we were going to pull up, grab the couch, fire it on the couch, jump back in the car, get out of there, which is what we did. So we pulled up in front of Maruk's house. Damn, I can't remember that street. Um, and uh, Blitho's live next door. Were they Sunnydale area as well? Yeah. Or they um, weren't on the other side of Martin Grove, right? They weren't up like... no. Cornish, no, Cornish way no. And um, so we did that, you know, drove up, got, grabbed the couch, <laughs> fired it on the, uh, on the lawn, jumped back and drove off. Didn't, didn't know a thing, right? I mean, like Babe said earlier, no cell phones, no internet, no whatever. So, you know, so we get to the, we get to the, I think it was a game. I think we had a game the next night on a Saturday, maybe. Or <laughs> so this would have this would have been a Saturday night prank, and then we had we always played Sunday nights at the point, right? So yeah. we get in the game. We're in the locker room, and and uh, and and uh, Schweppes is mad as could be. I mean, he was just he he wouldn't say a word. He had a look on his face, and Case and I are just giggling the whole time. <laughs> and, and then we finally we finally got it out of him. I don't think it was still after the game because I remember in the warm up he was still pissed. He was, just, like, he, he was just, you know, and some of the other guys knew what had happened, like Babe, obviously, and you know, but but uh, then we found out. So what what happened was is that what, I guess when we were dragging the couch, it must have like sparked or you know sparks whatever. It was a it was a cloth couch, right? And so it it's it must have caught fire, right? So must have. Yeah, <laughs> so it, it was <laughs> you, Donnie, unbeknownst to you in case. Yeah, yeah. yeah. nobody so, knew. So we, you know, we threw it on the couch and we had no idea. There was no, you know, there was no smoke or there was, no, you know, we just going to throw a couch on there. So, so then I guess what happened was that one of the Belithos, I think it was Bruce, looked out the window 
I saw this coach go up and flames. <laughs> fully engulfed. Yeah. Fully engulfed. You know, full size coach. Like, like your host, Donnie. <laughs> yeah. 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 And uh, and it's so, so I guess he ran over and told them and they got they got water and they put this fire. And he told Swept, he said, you know, it was Donnelly and Patterson. I saw them. They got a, they got out of they threw the couch on the lawn on the lawn and they set it on fire. <laughs> so we which we didn't, right? So <laughs> You know, Schweppes is just fuming. I had to tell him we're, we didn't set it on fire. You know, we just, whatever. We finally got through that. So I had shortly thereafter, um, I, I don't know what, we, we were out one night and, and then I ended up going home. So, uh, you know, I'm in bed and, and these guys, oh, we lose babe. So, yeah, I, I end up, uh, so the next morning, Bert comes into my room, right? And starts shaking me. So get your ass out of bed, you know? And I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? And he says, take a look at the front, front lawn. So I go out to the front and there is shit all over my lawn. First of all, there's railroad ties at the bottom of the driveway. So like eight by eights, right? Like stacked at the end of the driveway. So you can't get out, right? And then on the, on the lawn, there's a, there's a post office box that they got from down to the far corner. There's flashing construction signs, you know, the blinking ones with the, you know, there is shit all over the place. <laughs> so this was Bruno's payback, right? And, and uh, I don't know who was in on it with them, but, uh, but Bert was not happy. And uh, it was just, uh, so we had to actually, we actually had to call a truce after that, babe. You remember? Yeah. Because Bert was like in the locker room one day, you know, he was a manager of the team, and he he said, "All right, enough's enough." But he raised the right act. Yeah, Bert Bert put the hammer down. eh? I think Bert actually said, "You guys gonna fucking stop this?" Yeah, and he he didn't swear much, and everybody's like, "Okay, we'll stop. We'll stop." (laughs) But did you say, Donnie, that the coach, they actually, the fire department had to come and put it out? I don't think so. No, no, I think no, I think uh, they just put it out with water. Yeah, but yeah. it burned pretty good though, right? Oh like yeah, flames. Yeah. I wish we had pic- pictures oh, back then. That was it Guinness. What, what street were they? Yeah, on? Guinness. You're Guinness, right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, but I think then the uh, Balithos didn't two of them become firefighters? Yeah. <laughs> After that, I mean, that was uh, their inspiration. <laughs> yeah, you inspired. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. But but that was something. Again, that's oh. just sort of a little snapshot of of the stuff we did. And that we did at Dom Day and we did through Dom Day and it all, it all just sort of flowed together. And yeah, uh, and I think that's a good segue, Donnie, about how, you know, this is all pre to Dom Day. And, you know, we get to, um, you know, these pickup games that, you know, lead to driving association, car driving associations, gooning, playing ball hockey on the 409, burning down a, a, a couch. Um, and, and Donnie, it kind of started off talking about it um, very briefly. So, this ends up leading to the idea of let's have a tournament um, and four guys end up stepping up, putting their name uh, in the ring saying, you know, the, the red machine, the, uh, the Galliagra girls, uh, Beasley's tree service and uh, one other team, red I don't, machine. the red machine. What did I say? Yeah. yeah. Anyways, the, the four There's original boys. teams. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the boys and the boys. Yeah. Yeah. And the boys. Yeah. I forgot about the boys. A lot of people did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He, he used to come to the tournament, I think. (laughs) Um, But uh, no. So you guys 
built this tournament and uh you know that so who was there i guess of you three were any of you guys there the inception night i know donnie you were but cote babe were, were either one of you guys there on that kind of fateful night i remember like and i wasn't there for i i don't think i was there on the draft night i might have been but i might have been kicked out too um but i remember being at the skyline at the men's room and Chad, we we're talking about it. We were, I remember yep. us writing down names of guys, you know, who we thought would play. And that might've been, you know, after, you know, the conversation started about let's have a Dom day. But I, I truly remember, you know, a bunch of us not going away that weekend. And that's, you know, we talked about what are we going to do? And, and that was a thing. And then writing the names down on sort of napkins at, at the skyline and then the draft happening. I remember, you know, getting home that night. And uh, I think Donnie called me to let me know that I was drafted by Beasley's. So, so did this all, so between inception of, Hey, let's have a tournament to babe, you're a Beasley. Was this all one night at, at the skyline? And, and it sounds like at Donnie's Donnie's parents place and, and McDonald's, it kind of jumped around a bit, but all, all one night is my understanding. No, I think it was a couple of nights, Donnie, uh, you know, I seem to remember, you know, sort of it was a Tuesday or Wednesday decision. I don't yeah, know. Tuesday, Wednesday, maybe at the at the field pickup, yeah. and then over to McDonald's. Let's have a tournament, and then maybe a, a skyline night, and then okay, we got the draft list. These are the guys. Let's meet at Donnie's house on Friday. Let's pick the teams, and we're literally we're we're only like a week away from Dominion Day, right? Yeah. Like, babe, there wasn't much lead time, so no, no it's it's like the week before. And so, you know, at the actual draft, like I said, I, I don't know if there was eight or nine guys there and uh, the four coaches and uh, in your backyard. Right. Right. Yeah. I think but, I was there. Right. We just yeah. sat around. There was a few of us. It was, wasn't yeah. There just a picnic table. Just, you know, had Drank a couple of drinks. Shit. And, yep. Yep. So and, do you guys know how many were on the original draft list on that on that fateful napkin, I guess? I think we had written down like probably 36 or 38 names, but ended up with, I think, 32 guys, maybe the only 31 guys playing. Because a bunch of guys just dropped off. Like, I remember Womper and Dicker were on the list, and they sort of just, they, they disappeared because the Queen's plate was that day. So they yeah. weren't play. <laughs> you see, babe, by, by, by some of the pictures you sent recently, right? Like, there are some teams had 10 guys. Uh, and some had like eight, eight in that. So I don't know if we, we tried to hit 40 or not. Yeah. I think you, you should count again with the, your good eye. Easy and Come up with sort of three of eight and one of seven. I know our team that won, that won the first one had four, eight guys. And that's all we needed because we, we were able to win with eight guys. more. Or less. And that was Cote. That was the year you played shortstop in center field. Right. Correct. Yeah. 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 All as one position and didn't yeah. have an E. The, didn't have an E the whole weekend. Yeah, and and batted cleanup as well. I, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. I, I got your email. I, I read. Yeah, I read all you. the details uh, on yeah. that one. So, Donnie, the Beasleys. You're you're drafting your team. Uh, where did the name Beasleys Tree Service come from? Yeah. So so that's uh, so we drafted the teams. We we didn't have team names at the draft. It was just you know. Uh, Pete's team, Bob's team, you know, Chuck. Chuck and myself. So after that, so then I, I believe it was the week before. So I think we played the tournament the following weekend. So this would yeah. have been a Friday night. We've got seven days, right, to go. And so, um, 
so we uh so case case and i got together we said you know let's get some uniforms right and um and then one of the nights of the week we again we played pickup still and um actually there was there was one or two teams that started practicing you remember babe yeah they they actually went to that school on where was that down uh, the elms elms right yeah, elms yeah. School. so they were they were having a practice right and then i can remember that was great too because we we found out about it i don't think we were supposed to but we found out that i think it was pete's team probably was pete's team that was practicing <laughs> and so we went there a bunch of us and we we scaled the roof at the elms and we got on the roof of the of the school and we and we crept over to the edge and we're like peering over the edge watching them practice right <laughs> just, and Pete's working you know he's running them through full drills right like he's got the you know he's he's doing everything you know and so but then we we uh, we went to McDonald's again where a lot of this the stuff out i remember sitting out outside at the outside tables and this big jalopy truck came pumping by it was like you know and we look on the side of the truck and it's this beasley's tree service and i'm like that's my team i mean we're gonna <laughs> we're going with beasley's tree service right so so that's what that was our team and and then you know we we like i said case we decided to get the uniforms we went down to rexdale plaza and they used to have a little you know one of the one of probably the original t-shirt press places in the middle of the mall there and we went in there and picked out this ugly lime green shirt and we had them press letters on the front of it, Beasley's tree service and numbers. And then uh, I asked my, my dad, Bert, uh, to bring home some green, extra green shorts from the Warriors uh, locker room at the, at the rink. So he brought home the extra lacrosse green uh, Warrior shirt, uh, shorts. And then uh, Bruno's mom worked at Cooper. And so she, she's uh, brought us some hats, Cooper hats. So we had, T-shirts, shorts, hats. We all wore uh, the white socks and uh, we were ready to go. And then uh, uh, I'll tell you another great story while I'm thinking about it too. So, so it's, so back then and the tournament was, uh, was just one day and we, uh, we decided we're all going to meet together uh, for, for, for the pregame. And again, this guy, Ronnie Rothfuss, we got his van and we got all dressed up in these uniforms. We, we piled into the back of the van and Ronnie drove onto the field we had the 9 a.m. game, the first game, and he backed backed the van into second base and opened the doors, and we came out in our uniforms, you know, which are, are god-awful ugly. But at the time, I think we're pretty cool, and we look good, you know, and uh, and we burst out, and we didn't know, uh, you know, I don't think anybody was planning on uniforms. We just sort of went with it, yeah, and uh, yeah. and uh, we went 0-3 in the tournament. So 0-3. So who but, had – oh, go ahead, babe. Where did leak out? Because uh, remember, Pete went and bought those ugly red T-shirts. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know where he'd get those. Yes, there. I'm looking at the pictures. They were blank. Yeah. But so, he, babe, babe, were you a Beasley? I was a I was a serviceman. Yeah. Yeah, and and Cote, who who did you play for? I was with Pete on Red Machine World you're, Champions. You're, the World Champions. World Champions. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And and okay, so which team had the the first overall pick? I was. Yeah. Uh, we did the, one, the, the Beasleys, yeah. And and who went number one overall? Uh, Barry Brook. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. yeah, he was number one. Yeah, worth the pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, uh, it was worth the entertainment was, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was a classic. So oh, yeah, my. he he uh, no, he was a heck of a ball player. I mean, but, he, yeah, 
you know, I don't know how many times he went number one after that, but he was, you know, until the Brian Mitchells of the world came along and stuff like that. He was, he was always a high pick uh, and a good hitter and and played shortstop for us. So um, yeah. And then I don't know who the last pick would have been. I know on my team who it was, it was a guy named Al Scura. I don't know, you know, some of you guys, people remember that name. Big lanky Al Scura hosted hosted party number two, if I'm correct. Yeah. Yeah, great guy, West Humber love, guy, and love uh, to smoke cigarettes. Lots. Oh, yeah, lots, and the most unathletic-looking guy <laughs> yep. outside of Saul Betash. Betash, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's one of those names you see in the program, and I've thought for years is just made up. Saul Betash. I, I did not think that was a real guy. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know if you really want to know that. We'll, no, we'll I mean, save that guy for another episode. Yeah, <laughs> but anyhow, Al was great, and uh, my favorite Al Skira story is in the early days we used to have a breakfast yeah. on a regular. But every 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 year we kicked off the tournament with a breakfast, and it was at uh, Kipling Heights at the restaurant, Leo's, at Leo's place. Yeah, and uh, so we'd be and we'd get there, you know, at I, I think seven thirty. I think was the start yeah. time. Everybody'd be there by seven forty-five, eight, and then Al Skira would come walking in with a butt hanging, butt hanging. a leather jacket. And long black pants, and he, we were going to play baseball. <laughs> July first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was a piece of work. He was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So another guy, sadly, God rest his soul, who we lost yeah. all too. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah so, it was funny. I know, baby mentioned. Um, you know, there were there would have been about thirty six or thirty eight names, and you guys just threw names on a on the back of a napkin without even knowing who was going to show up. And uh, it sounds like some guys backed out. One, one of them is, uh, you know, uh, back in the tournament all these years later, Eric Niskanen. So, Donnie, what's kind of the story there? Like, were there other guys who backed out? But what happened with Eric Niskanen as it relates to him, him, him chickening out, if you will, of Dom Day One? I, you know, I, I don't know. I remember he was at the, he was at the pickup games. A lot of them, he was at the, at the draft. Uh, he was excited, whatever. And then uh, he, he was like a couple of days later, you know, I can't make it. <laughs> so I like, so every year after that, I tried to get him to play and tried to get him to play, but you know, Eric was a big cottage guy and uh, you know, they took off uh, a lot of the weekends for and headed up North. And, and so, uh, you know, it took me, it took me decades. I kept trying to sell uh, not really just sell Eric, but his family on, on, you know, being a, being a part of this. And I, I, it really wasn't until um, Alana and Jordan got to be of age uh, where they, 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 they actually came to one of the parties one night. Um, and I, I don't know, I'm guessing they were in their late teens maybe, or yeah. yeah. And they had a blast. I mean, they came to the party and just got wound up and they, they had a blast and you know, and then, uh, you know, Donna was loving it too. I mean, it was, it was one of the, one of the better parties, not that there were any dud ones, but it was a good one. <laughs> you know, I think when they left, I think they, they tugged at mom and dad and said, you know, you got, you gotta, you know, you gotta be a part of this thing. So we finally got them back, you know, decades later, but, uh, yeah, it was funny. I, I don't remember who else, I think there were a couple other dropouts, but they mentioned Whopper yeah. and Dicker, but I, I don't know, uh, who else might've, uh, but I think that's why we ended up with unbalanced teams. Like uh, those two needed some fucking conditioning. Who? <laughs> oh. Dicker and Whopper. <laughs> so of those, okay. So we know we've got three guys left. 
who've played all 42 years, uh, Huffy, Casey, and, and Gorp. But if you were to look back at kind of that original year, that original draft list of 32 players, let's say, would you say the majority of the guys are still kicking around at the field? Uh, or is it has there been a big turnout, turnover over the years from that original year? Yeah, big. I, I think there's, you know, there's probably 60% of the guys still come around. Either they're playing or they come around just to be part of it or their kids are playing. Um, but there's, you know, there's a bunch of guys. It's funny. Cause I was, you know, I was just looking at the picture and seeing Dumpkey Donnie, yeah. Bernie, yeah. Bernie Donahue, who, you know, if you look at our team, the, you know, Beasley's, most of the guys were lacrosse guys and, and Dumpkey was one of the only lacrosse guys we didn't get and somehow bear snagged him early. And, uh, you know, he was a, he was a tremendous influence on Dom day. And he probably doesn't even know it to today, you know, the, yeah. the you know, the blue dumpkey and the dumpkey division and, you know, but he was just one of those great guys at Bernie Donahue. And I remember, because uh, they moved down to LA and yeah. I remember that uh, Sleepy and I in Grecian uh, went down, we were touring across the U uh, S Sleepy and I were, and we picked up Grecian in LA and we ended up staying at Dumpkey's place. Remember Geets, his brother? His name was Keith, but we called him Geets. And uh, we had the greatest time. And Dumpkey was like, yeah, I'm going to come back for Dom Day. I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back. I haven't seen him, you know, since Dom Day 2, I think. Yeah. But, so, yeah. And Dumpkey, he had one of the all-time great nicknames, too. I mean, you know, so his name's Bernie Donahue. But his nickname was Vermont Dumpkey. <laughs> and and uh, so, you know, him and Bert, my, my dad, got their names the same night. So, you know, we used to, we used to do the, our case used to do the program for the Rexdale warriors. And I used to help them out with it. I remember we were under the gun and we were running out of time, like the beer fest and the opening night was Friday night. And there's, we're like Wednesday night, we're at cases print shop trying to finish the program up and I'm on the typewriter and, and uh, I'm like, who we got next. And uh, so case goes, uh, well, Bernie Donahue. So I just slammed the, the, the keys down on the typewriter. I look up and it says Vermont Dumpkey. So we left it. We left it in the program. So the whole, the whole, the whole year, he was, he was Vermont Dumpkey. They're still warriors. Right. And then we shortened it to Dumpkey and we just kept calling him Dumpkey. And my dad, Bert's the same way. He, you know, we got to him and in cases like, well, your, your dad, Bill. And so I slammed it again and it went, it went to Bertrand Bertrand B-E-R-T-R-A-N-D-C Donnell. Yeah. <laughs> and and we left it in the program. So everybody's calling him Bertrand Bertrand. <laughs> People were going, we... should I call you Bertrand or is Bert okay? <laughs> so and it's you know, here we are. Uh, how many years later, 45 years later, and you know, I still I mean everybody calls him Bert. And same with Dumpy. Dumpy was Dumpy. And then you guys know that when we put the flags up. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen, but there's one flag out there that says the Dumpkey division and the Dicker division. Mm-hmm. So I, I had those, I had those flags made up. I want to say like Dom Day 15, 16, 17. I had all the banners made up that we now hang on. I had them one shot. We made them all. And then I made a couple of extras. And one of them was at the time we were in ex- the expansion era. We had two divisions and we named one the Dumpkey division and one the Dicker division after two of the legends of the game. <laughs> So, so, you know, I think as babe says, Dumpkey has no idea 
what a what an impact you know he's had a lasting impact on this. Did he and show his, up when you played hockey, babe? Did he come to? Did he ever show up? In he, LA he only showed up once. Yeah. 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 It was funny because he was a great guy. Like his whole family, they were so nice. They were just really good people. But I always remember being at Dumkey's place when the Leafs beat the Islanders and Lanny scored in overtime. Okay. And that was, I think, in. I thought we, I was at Burnell's. You were at. Yeah, Dumkey's. Yeah. Oh, okay. I I remember that like it was yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. But it's pretty interesting how, you know, the impact of him throughout our lives and, you know, and it's still yeah. there. Right. And his brother was out last a uh, couple times in the last decade, yeah. uh, Graham. So Graham was at the tournament. Uh, you know, I know he was there uh, about 10 years ago and then also about maybe three years ago, four years ago. So, uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I, from what I understand, he's, he's in Atlanta now. He's still in Atlanta, mm. which is where I, I saw him in Atlanta you know, in like 81, when the Hopkins uh, took us on a tour and whatever, we actually, I stayed at Dumkey's too in Atlanta and when he took us to his golf course. And so uh, great guy, but, but, uh, and then he actually, uh, you know, there were a couple of guys that eventually they furthered their lore when Case put them into some songs, right? <laughs> so there were some great tunes that, uh, that we, uh, you know, occasionally, uh, revert back to but back in the day there was uh you know driveway yeah i was was walking down the street late late one day day, very nice guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah but anyhow i think we got off topic there yeah yeah just just a little bit that's that's okay guys so i think guys we've we've covered a lot of ground today um so i i just want to you know Thank you for obviously your time, but also, uh, you know, I, I think we've got enough for us to record an episode two. I think we've got 42 more years of stories that we can, we can go through. So, um, we'll get back together and record a second episode, but before we wrap it up, guys, I, I mean, the one question I guess I have 43 years later, a pandemic don't know when we'll hit case field again, but does it ever, you know, ever hit you i guess and and i'm sure the answer is yes but does you know the novelty of it ever wear off that you know uh, all these things whether it's the wttcda gooning uh, you know pick up baseball games the men's skyline all that sort of stuff 43 years later has led to what we now know as as dom day as guys who were there originally and i i know you guys had mentioned there was no plan and we'll talk about that kind of in the next episode but does that novelty ever wear off 43 years later about what this has become and, you know, not knowing it when you started it, maybe I'll start with you, Donnie. Well, no, I mean, you know, it's, it's funny how it grew, it grew over the years and, you know, we'll, we'll share that when we get back together. But uh, no, as, as we sit here uh, 43 years, actually more now, right. Cause we missed, we missed 43 and whatever it's, it's still, you know, like I can't wait to get back to the next one and it's going to be a beauty, right? Cause you got, when you get this crew and this group together again, when they've been separated by something they can't control and you put them back together in the environment that we're all used to, it's going to be crazy. So um, no, I mean, it just, it just, and, and, you know, everybody can tell, you know, and people talk about Dom day all the time within their own earners inner circle of friends. And I, I, 
you know, every year a couple of stories come up where I, I refer to Dom Day with whoever down here in Maryland, and there's a ton of people that know about it and I think wish they were a part of it. So, no, I, I think it's it just keep, keeps growing for me. So, Babe, any final thoughts? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the same with Donnie, and you, you just you cherish those moments. You can't wait to get back. And, you know, we've lived away from, you know, Rexdale for a long time, but the one thing we always said was we'll, we'll be back for Dom Day. And, you know, uh, we've missed, you know, friends' weddings for Dom Day and whatever other events there are to make sure we come back for Dom Day. And we've been very fortunate, you know, to be able to do that. But it's just a group, great group of people. And it's great to see the second gens get into it too. And, and that's where, you know, I remember Dom Day 25, we were talking, how, how is this thing going to continue? And we realized the only way it's going to continue is by, you know, the, the second gens, uh, the millennials uh, taking this over and, and keeping it going. And uh, as Donnie said, I think the next Dom Day, whenever it is, is going to be a crazy one. Uh, it'll be, it might even revert back to, you know, the first party or the second party or the third party, you know, that type of uh, scenario. Easy, Cote. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know you're jumping. But yeah. 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 Cote, for you, you know, what do you think? Yeah. I yeah. You know what? S- I, well, I I'm just, like, so go ahead, Justin. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, for Cote, I think you bring a unique, uh, you know, eye to this because you're the only guy on the phone who has a third. <laughs> one eye. He's got one. Eye. Yeah, one eye on the situation, but but the only guy on the phone with a, a third generation. Um, you know, you just became a grandfather, um, and obviously, it's it's now. I would say the torch has firmly been passed to the second generation. But there is, you know, I speak on the young guys that there's hope to one day pass it to a third generation. And I think for you, you've got a unique kind of view to that as somebody who is a grandfather. So I guess I'll give you kind of the last word on on what you think, I guess, uh, as far as when we're back and what you hope. Yeah, I think what exactly what Babe and Donnie said, like, I truly can't wait to get back together. I think what Babe said, uh, I think just seeing people, the hugs, uh, it's going to be an absolute shit show. Um, I think that anybody would be lying to say that as July 1st approaches, I don't sleep as well because I'm just truly excited to get back and see everybody and look forward to just the camaraderie and seeing families and how things have grown. And that's the beauty of Dom day. And I always laugh and, you know, in the few times that I've been to Calgary and with Patterson and he'll, you know, we'll, he'll tell stories about Lanny McDonald where I bumped into Lanny and he's like, Oh, you're one of those fucking Dom day guys. <laughs> like, like that's how he <laughs> the Dom day guy yeah, to, to babe's friends is those goddamn Dom day guys. Cause they're everywhere. And he knows a much, as much about that tournament as anybody that way. So, but it's, it's truly exciting. And, and I, whether it, you know, hopefully it's all going to fly come labor day in September, it will be very exciting just to see everybody and, uh, I can't wait to give the all all of you guys huge bear hugs, and it's it's going to be uh, it, it'll be phenomenal, and that'll be the true test of what 43 years have done, and now 44, it's going to be great. That's awesome, guys. So yeah, I completely agree. Fingers crossed. Hopefully Labor Day's a go. Get your shots over the next little bit, and hopefully we're back together Labor Day. So that's all we have time for today, guys. We'll wrap it up here. Uh, thank you for joining us for our first episode of Dom Day Tales. Uh, we look forward to having you for an, uh, another episode where we'll start talking about Dom Day 1. Uh, a lot of stories left to be told still. Um, also, we're canvassing you guys uh, as in a future episode, we want to do a mailbag. So if you have any questions for the panel, um, we like I said off the beginning, we have some of the uh, 
the most winningest Dom Day champions in history and Dizzy. Um, so if you guys have any questions, feel free to send us an email, question, comments, or, or feedback to info domday at gmail.com again that's info.domday at gmail.com thank you guys and have a good night Love you.